Thanks for tuning into the Life in the Front Office podcast. I'm your host, Jay Kirschman. Remember to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And thanks to Suja Organic for their support. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And enjoy today's episode. Welcome to today's episode on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suju Organic. Excited for episode two here on the Sports Digita series. Here with Tom Bowden, uh, VP of Business Development for Sports Digita and JJ Alberts, SVP of Partnerships at Oxygen Esports. Excited to talk about the world of esports, kind of where it's going, um, how JJ got into esports as well with his journey and career path. Uh, And nonetheless, both of you, welcome. Thanks, awesome. Thank you, Jake. Appreciate being here. So, JJ, we'll we'll, we'll start with the guest, of course. Um, you know, when you think about your career and, and where you are today, did you even think that esports was an option uh, at, at one point in time during your career journey? Uh, and then now that you're sitting in the seat today, what would you tell your 22-year-old self coming out of college? Uh, you know, hey, get ready. I'm going to go into esports at some point. Well, first, 22 was a long time ago, so I appreciate it. Um, answer your first question. Uh, up until about five years ago, I, I would have said you're crazy. I, I knew a little bit about it. EA was a client of mine when I worked at the Patriots. I played Madden and I played all those, but never would I have thought it's a career. And when I made the shift and went into the college space, you know, four or five years ago and started teaching and focusing on it, I started to connect more with the undergrads and the students. And I noticed the, the communication of not only the athletes, but kids on campus talking about gaming and talking about getting together and playing in their rooms. And then when I was at most recently at Dean College, who is the official EDU of the Patriots, and that's how I got connected to everyone. You know, we started running events and, and seeing the joy on these kids' faces to be out in public and, and winning and gaming. I said, wow, there's something really here. It's very similar to sports. And so I started networking three or four years ago, just trying to learn as much about the industry. Um, people in the industry, who's gaming, why are they gaming, what the audience is. And I started connecting the dots and, and it's very similar to traditional sports and how we go about it. Um, and so I kind of started on that path of, I've been teaching at a couple of colleges, the business side of esports and really about how to get into jobs. Um, and was very lucky that we'll talk about it later, but it was all networking as to how I landed here because these folks were actually a client of mine at the school I was at. And for Tom, who's probably, you know, learning on as, you know, the esports world evolves, Tom, JJ just hit on the networking point, right? Like you're constantly continuing to evolve your network, go into different spaces. If you just stayed in your one lane and continued to know people in that one lane, it's not going to help you as much, but you also have to be knowledgeable enough to have those conversations. So how do you balance the two of JJ? you didn't probably know what you were talking about when you first started to network, right? And, and then there were right. questions we're asking to figure out more along the way. Yeah, I mean, I, I think ultimately being comfortable asking questions is a huge part of it, Jake, right? We don't know what we don't know. And I, I think I, similar to JJ, you know, grew up playing games, but not in this uh, this gaming world that we have today, right? Where, where friends are meeting online and friends are, are constantly networking online and collaborating on games. And so I, I definitely think there's been a learning curve for myself in, in this world. And I've been fortunate 
with, with JJ and our partners at MB Gaming to, to really uh, start to gain greater perspective and knowledge of the industry. But ultimately it comes down to being comfortable in my own skin to ask questions and, and, and not worry about what I might sound like for, for my ignorance. JJ, on, on your end, when you started the networking process and you started to, I think it's important to understand like, how did you go about it, right? Did you look at people in the space and go, I'm gonna go talk to the salespeople first? Did you talk, did you go straight to the top? Like, how did you navigate the world that you're in now? Yeah, honestly, to give them a plug, I use the LinkedIn a lot and I look to see searches within teams, but I also look to see who was actively posting and what were they posting and was it interesting? So I, I touched on everything. I talked to SVPs of sales, SVPs of marketing, um, presidents. I talked to content creators. So I wanted to kind of understand the gamut uh, of what's going on. So I kind of went after all of them. Naturally, being a salesperson, I started there. Uh, my passions, activations as well. So I started to really talk to a lot of marketing folks saying, you know, how are you getting Bose and Bud and these clients like to come in? I understand the eyeballs, but how are you actually activating it? So really kind of connected with everyone because I wanted to be able to connect the dots and not just have it be sales, a little bit of everything. And when you think about how the esports world has evolved since you even got in, um, how has the pandemic shifted esports? Like obviously, there's been quite the change for for sports across the board, but in your space specifically, how has it changed? Yeah, I mean, naturally, so I'm I'm in sitting in our quiet Helix facility right now because it's not open. But you know, it's I think not having um, being able to have fans. Um, and, you know, with the pandemic, especially the restrictions here in Massachusetts, it's really kind of made us be more creative in how we do things. You know, we just launched a new clothing line. Um, we're really understanding, I think, taking time to understand the audience, but also how the audience is following our team, getting our content and reaching out to them that way. So I think it's made us more strategic. You know, granted, I'm on month three here, um, but I think it's we've been smarter about not just saying, hey, let's do a watch party. It's, hey, let's maybe try a watch party, but how are we going to hit A, B, and C and, and do that? So I think we've been more strategic on how we do things, but also understanding each of the social channels and how people are interacting with our content, but also how they're consuming it and how are, what, is, what content are we putting out? Does it work? Tom, you've been a part of, of kind of the team world as well. And, and I'm interested to hear both your perspectives on this because yeah, as, as many people know in the industry, the team world is, they're all family businesses, right? For the most part, like it's, it's, it's a lot smaller than you think. And as opposed to what those from the outside think, you know, oh, there's, you know, thousand, two thousand, three thousand people. It's like, no, just a couple hundred, right? JJ, what does the esports world look like? And, you know, maybe between you and Tom, like, how does it compare? And, and is it evolving to get to a point where the team world is and so on? I'll give you my sales pitch, you know, Esports by nature is much more national, international. It's digital. My kids play Fortnite. They put their headsets on and they're talking to anyone that, you know, we, we make sure we know who they're talking to, but they can talk to cousins and friends all across the country. You know, we're trying to become more local. Um, so I've had a lot of local partners that are coming into the facility and I say, listen, the Patriots here in New England are very lucky because of the wins. They become a national brand, but essence pro sports is local and they're trying to become national. We are national trying to trying to really activate local. And that I think has resonated with a lot of companies here because we can, you know, we can hit the national people, but what we're doing differently here at Oxygen is really activating in New England. Um, so I feel, feel like the clients are kind of understanding it a little bit better. The other thing too is, you know, uh, 
that misperception that people think it's still just people playing in their bedrooms. And when you show them what's going on and how you can activate, but also, you know, I had a client the other day that said, well, I don't really know what to do around esports. And I said, well, you've got jersey patches, you've got social media, you've got content, but we can still do in-store activations, grand openings, meet and greets, chalk talks. So all the things you see in the traditional sports, esports can do, but we can do, we're, we're further along when it comes to social and digital. So we can do it even better. Yeah, I think what I see, Jake, is, you know, esports is really a part of that sports and entertainment industry that you referenced, right? And and what the the boom of esports has allowed is an infusion of talent within our industry and within our ranks. And, you know, I think what's really interesting to see is this, um, you know, this emerging talent that, that is coming with the esports industry and then how they are able to go get, um, you know, go and get seasoned professionals like JJ and, and others to come in and really help support the, the effort, right? And help uh, build and, and capitalize because ultimately it's not too different from what we've done for a long time in the sports and entertainment industry, right? And, and JJ is not selling to stakeholders that are that different from the sort of stakeholders he's reached out to in the past, right? So it's, it's this great merging of, of um, maybe slightly different industries come that, that I really see as kind of, you know, really one industry and, and the opportunity to network. You mentioned a few hundred, maybe we're up to a thousand now, Jake, but we're, you know, we're, we're expanding by infusing some talent, but then also seeing great talent like JJ and, and others move into that world and really capitalize on their expertise. JJ, when you think about where, you know, where the talent is going, right? And, and being more on the social digital side, as you mentioned, when you go and look for talent for your team, where, where are you looking? Are you looking in different spaces than maybe traditional sports would otherwise? Yeah, I'm a big data and analytics person. You know, so looking at agencies, looking at data, um, you know, honestly, you know, we're trying to tap into a lot of the local colleges, um, but it kind of goes back to your networking. I'm looking at, people that are interacting with our brand and how they're interacting, but want to kind of really dig deep. But I think we're very data and analytic driven here. Um, not to say that, you know, I still have friends that are on the T pro teams that are calling, but you know, we're looking for people that are passionate about joining a brand. Cause we're literally just building this thing. We've got, we're lucky because we have the two franchises, you know, with the breach and the uprising, but we're rebuilding the whole new England fan base. So it's people that want to roll up their sleeves, but understand that you have two really good, organizations to go out with but we got to rebuild the data and analytics and the engagement and everything else to show ROI. Tom how how have you seen with the esports clients what are you learning um, what have you learned from JJ and, and how are you applying that to then when you do go talk to your NFL team and your NBA client and so on and so forth. Yeah well the one thing that definitely stands out is you know, they have great assets and they're very creative in how they are um, making inventory available for potential partners, right? And like, you know, and I'll get the terminology wrong. So JJ jump in, but when we talk about like some of the, you know, the inlays and overlays that they have within their Twitch streams and, and, and things like that, like those are things that I think, you know, as we look at where, you know, you reference the NFL, right? Like where the sports industry is going, there's going to be a lot more of those types of opportunities, I think. Right. And I, I think that teams are going to be looking to get creative and 
where can I find maybe some other marketing dollars without being intrusive on the customer experience? And I think esports does a really good job of maximizing those opportunities today. JJ, anything to add on that? No, I agree. Tom hit it on the head. You look at titles like Rocket Week, being able to, you know, skin a car and and have that full branding and play with it but also when people download that 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 branding then stays with you no matter who you do and it's not intrusive so i agree i think there's so many assets that all the teams are starting to um realize that they have um but you know i'll take it even a step further what i love about it and it's very similar to the pro teams is that since I've been here for the three months, you know, all of the other managers at the different teams in both leagues have reached out and we're communicating and we're chatting. And that's what you see on the pro side is that um, the communication about what's working, what's not, what are new ideas, what are things you've tried with a, you know, certain vertical, whether it's a QSR or something like that. And so it's been refreshing to see that because, you know, I'd heard different things and they said, hey, you just kind of stay in your lane, you do your thing. And it's been very refreshing to see that it's very much like traditional sports that, Everyone wants everyone else to succeed because if we succeed, it's only going to get bigger. And so that's been refreshing for me. And JJ, you referenced being a startup earlier on or, you know, acting like a startup, right? Like, I think that's what will allow you all to set the precedent for what becomes normalized for sports teams down the road when we talk about some of these assets and things, because you're in a position now where you can try stuff, right? And, And not be afraid of uh, you know, failure and not be afraid of like, uh, you know, that didn't work out. We can move on and iterate and evolve. Right. And so I, I think Jake, we we've seen it on the team side where we get really stuck in, you know, here are the assets available and it's, it's hard to be innovative when you're the Dallas Cowboys. Right. Um, and so, you know, I think with, with JJ and the team, it's really having kind of this, uh, white space and opportunity in front of them to continue to, to push the industry forward. JJ, when you when to Tom's point, when you think about the assets and like obviously you've got to have some core assets, right? And then there's the custom customization of you know what you can do for X partner once you start having those conversations. But I think the other piece of it is the education of what you're doing to the potential client, right? You kind of mentioned like, oh, someone didn't know what to do with their budget within esports, right? What, what are my options? So how do you go about the education piece? just as you went about educating yourself on the esports world to get into it. Yeah, honestly, it's what we're doing now. It's a conversation. And I do it with every partner and say, listen, like before we get down the road, let's literally talk about, you know, what do you know about esports or what do you think you know? Because it's an education process because you've got the publishers, you've got professional players, professional teams, and then you've got the folks that run tournaments. And there's just a lot of confusion as to, well, I'm just going to do esports and go with someone who does tournaments. But then they realize, well, they don't own the players. They don't have the assets. So it's really educating um, on, you know, what is esports and kind of going through those four pillars like I talked about. And then for Oxygen, we're lucky in that, you know, we have this facility here in Foxborough, the facility in New Jersey and downtown. And then we've got the team. So we're kind of ahead of the game that we we have a lot of levers we can pull to do local, but also in team. And then it's literally going through and understanding if I'm talking to a banking category, it's understanding who's their audience and what are they trying to target and then matching them up with the game title that makes sense because it's not one-stop shopping. You know, if you look at, you know, I'm lucky because I'm here at Patriot Place, you know, the big guys next door, they're not going out and just selling the Patriots revolution and everything in one. It's, you know, once they understand the audience, they match it up with either MLS or NFL. Um, So it's really educating and walking them through 
what the games are, how people are playing them, when they're playing them, and then you kind of get into the assets. That's fascinating. Um, real quick on on the esports landscape, if you are, you know, you were in the academia world, right? So you're talking right. to your students. If you're a student right now and you're going, hey, JJ, I want to get into esports. What are the two or three things that I need to understand about the landscape to even wrap my head around, okay, who do I need to reach out to? So on? like, there's obviously leagues, there's teams, there's even the agency side, like, where do you start? That's a great question. Cause there's so, there's so much, you know, I think for them, I'll put you in my shoe. If I if go in my shoes, like, what are you passionate about? Do you want to work for a team? Do you want to, you know, do you like running events with local, uh, the local community? Um, I think you first got to figure out, you know, what is your, and also it goes back to what title do you like? Do you like Overwatch? Do you like Rocket League? So what are you kind of passionate about? But I think the easiest thing to do is we have a million events. I know all my counterparts at all the teams are running local events. You got to go out and actually volunteer, even just go as a fan and take it in and understand it. Because until you actually go to an event and see how the event takes place, how the audience reacts, how the players react, how to activate, you have no clue. And again, it's, I'm a newbie and it's amazing. Like I watch the folks, I watch the breach team when they practice and it is amazing to see the communication and how they work together. So I think for the young folks, it's kind of understanding, okay, do you want to work for a team or specific title? And then look to see if there's events in your marketplace or if they're doing something, start following them online, sign up for their emails, start to get their information so you can go and check them out. So at least you kind of have a little bit of knowledge before you reach out to those people. No, it's great. Great insights. Uh, both of you have made transitions where you've gone from sports to something else, right? Where JJ, you were in the academia world, Tom, obviously on the tech side now, working with sports clients, but still a different part of the industry, a little bit more of a startup, just like JJ's in right now. What have you both learned from those experiences of transitioning from maybe more of your traditional team side, uh, et cetera, you know, experience where, you know, it, it is different. And then JJ, you've been able to essentially go from team side to education now back. Yeah, I'll start it. Um, honestly, for me, I'm refreshed and I'm, I'm re-energized coming over here. Um, I was, I'm very lucky in the career path I've had that I'd never had to leave the market. Um, and I truly appreciate that because you know how hard it is in sports that when you get somewhere, if you want to go work at the Celtics, you got to usually leave the market and come back. Um, so I don't take for granted anything that I have there. When I went to EDU, I found that um, it got me re I probably would have never landed in the space if I didn't go work at the college I did because I was working very closely with the students and understanding why they were passionate about this industry um, and learning more about it. And when this opportunity came up um, for me, I kind of felt like, you know, I know I, I don't look older than 30. I'm a little bit older, but I felt like I had a couple more moves in me um, and my wife signed off and we just said, you know what, to be able to come in and I like to build things um, and it's been very refreshing. It was exciting. And I kind of looked at it that honestly, I thought my career in the sports side was done and I just stayed teaching. And when this opportunity came up and I thought about it and I said, okay, this is an opportunity that it's completely, the slate is clean to be able to build it and be with the group of people, the 17 people I'm with right now um, was an unbelievable experience. Yeah, I, JJ, you, you said at the end there something that really resonated with me, you know, and that's uh, the the energy and opportunity to be involved in a startup, you know, and I think for me, 
you know, I've always uh, had an interest in that space. I, I've been really fortunate to spend my career in sports and I, I think really fortunate to still be able to keep one foot in the bucket with sports and entertainment within my current role. Um, but, but the opportunity to really build and grow something and, and be a part of, um, you know, an organization that's disrupting, not just in the sports and entertainment space, but, but also, you know, across a, a wide variety of verticals has been really interesting and fun and, and to really help Angelina and the team here um, build out those new spaces and help take on those challenges um, has been a really energizing opportunity for me. And, you know, maybe, maybe someday I end up back on, on the team side or, or somewhere parallel to that. Um, and I think what I take from, from this learning experience is getting a whole wealth of experience that I might not have gotten otherwise um, in, in, you know, truly running and building a business as well as how to gain greater operational efficiency and how maybe I could have, you know, done my job better had I had this experience uh, pr prior to some of my previous roles. So uh, it's been a great learning experience that, that certainly has energized me. Last question okay. before we head to rapid fire, Tom, we'll start back with you. What's the one thing that you learned or have learned during this, this transition period where uh, you wish you would have known that when you first started? I, you know, I, I think the number that maybe the number one thing is like, I look at back at my time on, on the team side and the, we certainly were not leveraging technology in the sort of way that we do at Sports Digital. Um, and now that I've gained greater awareness, not just the Sports Digital, but some of the businesses and brands that I've been exposed to in, in my role, uh, I, I, I've learned quite a lot about how we can create a more efficient marketing and sales process and, you know, specific to that world, uh, you know, a better understanding of where buyers want to be met and how they want to be informed and educated before they, you know, before they're engaging with a salesperson, right. And letting them nurtured through that funnel versus hammering them over the head with calls, et cetera. So uh, that, that part has been a, a tremendous learning experience for me. Yeah. And you, you hit it right on the head, Tom. I'll stay with that. I think it's what I do is storytelling and, and getting people that, you know, I'm telling a story about, not only my brand, but how we can connect people. And I think leveraging the technology and social media and LinkedIn and Twitter, and that I agree with you, instead of me sending a million emails a day and calling, phone calling people, it's connecting with them on LinkedIn or in social media and developing that relationship and me storytelling about our, you know, different things going on in our industry. So that when they're ready for that phone call, they're a little bit more familiar. We've developed that relationship. Um, I think that's the biggest thing, you know, and I think, if I could go back, you know, I loved my experience on the team side. Um, what is refreshing on this side, and you touched on earlier, Tom, is we were so afraid to make mistakes on the team side and not try new things that here I make 10 mistakes a day. Um, but I have an ownership group that trusts me and trust the people that um, if we don't try these things, we're not going to be able to grow it. Um, and they want us to be different than others. And that is the most refreshing. But if I could go back, a lot of the ideas I had, I probably, you know, and again, it's, it's where you fall in your career path too. And you're there. There's a lot of times I kind of kept my mouth quiet and didn't, and did, wasn't as forceful um, where I think we're in a different time right now that it, you can get your ideas out there and people are willing to try new things. So if I could do that, it probably would there be three or four ideas. I would have gone back and, and really pushed hard. Love it. Uh, quick rapid fire to wrap up the episode. It's been fascinating, JJ, to learn about the esports world, but I have to understand what's your favorite game. 
Um, I, I have to, to say, because my to play, it's Pete, you're going to laugh. My guys play Fortnite, so I play Fortnite with them. <laughs> um, you know, if I could go back, I'd play Madden, but uh, Fortnite's been one because honestly, it's a way for me to connect with my seven and nine year old. Uh, my four-year-old will sit in the background, but uh, Fortnite's actually my favorite right now. He's waiting to come off the bench soon. Tom, what about you? I mean, uh, Jake, you know me enough to know that uh, FIFA is going to be the only answer that comes from me. <laughs> <laughs> if, uh, if, if you guys were able to make a game, what sport and or genre would it be? And Tom, you can't answer soccer on that one. I'm a, being a New Englander. I'm a hockey person by nature. I would love to create. I know it sounds bizarre. My kids love it. I would love to create like a floor hockey league and floor hockey game where you can, you know, you, it, because of the boundaries and you can do all this funky stuff and maybe bring in some of these players with crazy sticks. And I'd love to do. So I know it's a little different, but um, I love I love hockey and my guys don't skate, but they play they continue to play floor hockey. So something around like a floor a mix between ice hockey and floor hockey that you know um you can play with. Street I, that comes to mind like street football or whatever it was, NFL street. That used to be yeah a heck of a so, game. So something like that on the hockey side, I think would be great. Maybe, you know, maybe it could a fight here and there. There you go. Tom. <laughs> Funny, put a fight here and there, JJ. My mind immediately went to like, what's the evolution of like Mortal Kombat? I can remember you know, <clears throat> that definitely dates me, right? But going back to to those days, and um, you know, some of my fondest memories as a kid was, you know, <laughs> JJ. You mentioned being in the basement, right? But being in the basement with, with my my friends at that age, and uh, I, I feel like that was the foundation of my competitive spirit that that ultimately has kind of carried it through my life. So. Some, something like that that inspires competitive spirit. All right. Last one for you. If sports didn't exist at all, what would you do? And JJ, I, I know the teaching might be an easy answer, but uh, do you have anything else? So my, my close friends that know me well will, will laugh at this. Um, I always want to be a movie critic. I, uh, I, I, you know, I'm going to date myself with the VCRs, but when I'd come home during break, I literally, there was a, a rental place that I basically kept in business and I think went out of business after I graduated college, but they had this deal. It was like two movies for three bucks and I would literally get the two movies, watch them go back. So if I could do anything, I'd love to be a movie critic. Fascinating. What do you got, Tom? A uh, little known fact about me. I was a tax accountant for three months out of college before jumping in the sports industry. Uh, I saw my former boss at a wedding last month can tell you that uh, he told me I made the right decision getting out of tax accounting. So that won't be my answer. Um, but, you know, I, I think some sort of uh, real estate, you know, whether that's commercial real estate or otherwise, uh, that, that's an area I love, an area that I'm constantly st st uh, searching, studying, poking my nose around. Um, so if that opportunity ever presented itself. Very interesting. I'm always, I'm always curious, right? It's like everybody, you know, you, you entrench yourself into the sports and entertainment industry, constantly evolving, but there's so much outside of what we do that we can learn from too. Um, JJ, I'll, I'll look for your movie critics at some point uh, here in the near future. I just saw the new Top Gun. So if you want any advice, um, sorry at the drive-in, I'm going to go to the movie theater again, but uh, it's worth it, worth the take if you have not seen it. There you go. Well, Tom, JJ, really appreciate your time on the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suju Organic uh, with our Sports Digita series. Uh, looking forward to the next episode and 
appreciate the time and uh, the insights. Awesome. Thanks for having me. This was great. Thanks, Jay. Great to chat. Thanks for listening to the Life in the Front Office podcast presented by Suja Organic. Remember, you can get 15% off any one-time pack on shop.sujajuice.com with the code LIFO, L-I-F-O. And remember, if you like this episode or you like the Life in the Front Office podcast, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Really appreciate you tuning in and stay tuned for the next one.